again and welcome back. This is the 32nd episode of AIR, an interview podcast series with a different theme each episode. Joining me this month to talk about escapism and music in the time of COVID-19 is Italian DJ, producer, and Erie Records founder, Marco Shuttle. since his teenage years, Treviso-born Marco Shuttle has made a name for himself thanks to his spellbinding, journey-like DJ sets and his rich, eclectic techno productions that focus on the dance floor as an escape. But as Berlin moves into another phase of lockdown in the spring of 2021, this quiet time has turned Marco's musical outlook seemingly on its head. In this conversation, we discuss escapism, creativity during lockdown, and how the pandemic is shifting Marco's goals, visions, and intentions with electronic music. For joining me. Thank you for inviting me. In an old interview of yours, you said that you tend to not engage with art that has a sort of political message behind it um, because you're actually just looking for an escape from reality. So I'd love for you to tell me a bit about some of the art or music or even the films that really, really make you have that sort of escapist feeling or that you really feel like you disappear into the material when you're engaging with it. Uh, well, first of all, it's like Obviously, it's not that I dislike uh, music and art as a political content. I mean, it's uh, I, I realize that it's important mm-hmm. that this element is there. Of course, that's is my personal experience. So mm. that's sort of what I've always, especially since I've started to since I've started listening to electronic music and club music. Also, I mean, it's what I've been engaging with is this aspect of escape and uh, somehow um, what attracted me into this music is it's always been this kind of the fact that I could I don't know like use it as a medium for this sort of uh, mindset for this sort of state where I wanted to to go and I would say the same applies with movies I mean it's like uh, with time I also got a more more a bit like flexible in terms of what I what I'm watching and what I'm listening to but like uh, definitely instinctively I w- I'm always leaning towards this kind of uh, fruition I like to somehow go on a journey with music with movies mm-hmm. and, like what and, movies for example uh, well, uh <laughs> put you on the spot <laughs> well lately like i've been watching this this documentaries about shot in chile one is uh, called nostalgia for the light the director is the surname is guzman but i can't remember the the name <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah i mean like lately i've i've been kind of 
been attracted to this sort of documentaries that have a sort of cinematographic, uh, how can I say, edge, whether that is Werner Herzog or, again, this last two I've mentioned, I've mentioned or Agnes Varda or like uh, pieces of work that actually bring you inside a spectrum of an experience of a, of a place. And somehow, like, you are, like, with your mind, you're there while you're watching it. You're actually abstracting yourself from the reality where, you, where you're in. And in those two hours when you watch it, you kind of project it into this. this uh, same, same goes with movies. I mean, I like a lot of Iranian movies or from that area of the world, like Tajikistan or Kazakhstan. There's this... Um, Kaz- uh, Kaz- Kazaki <laughs> director <laughs> I think his name em- Emir Boagadzin which did this series of movies and I really like how th- I mean the landscape uh, visual part of the movie is so so critical you know and like this kind of uh, barren lands and somehow I click with that way to with that sort of aesthetics mm-hmm. so, it's so sort like, of like immersive I guess is what like yeah, would yeah, call it, yeah 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 I mean like but it's not just I mean of course those that is like the, the story is very kind of bound to to the land so yeah i i tend to like movies that are have a strong visual element you know and what about in terms of music like which artists cultivate this same sort of immersive feeling for you oh wow, there's so many right <laughs> i mean very difficult i mean i have like i have hundreds of names that i could mm-hmm. uh, i could come up with but i can't think of records but lately maybe that i find pretty relevant in this respect i don't know i bought, I bought this uh tobacco sauvage album called Fishgeist, which is a really minimalist kind of drone sort of piece of work which sucked me into quite a bit mm, i find drone often has that effect yeah of course i mean like the whole scene is almost music that is designed for this so you mentioned earlier that even when you first started listening to electronic music, that this escapist feeling was something that you were really seeking out. Um, yeah. So is that something that motivated you when you were younger, when you first started go- going out to clubs uh, or music events or raves? Is that something that you've always been seeking like from the very beginning? Like I think for me, it's interesting when people say that their motivation early on was escapism because I feel like I didn't even really understand what that meant until I got a bit older and sort of had things to escape from if you know what I mean I think it's more like uh, club music somehow made me aware of this natural inclination that I had to engage to this kind of way to listen to music and to absorb music I mean like I definitely it's definitely something that has always been there in me but I mean I remember that I clicked to some pop songs when I was mm, in my early teens other than others and uh, because they have like some loopy repetitive or drum machine based grooves other than other ones but like uh, it was not until actually Acid House started to to become more popular only then i kind of understand okay yeah that's why i like the songs you know that's why that 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 made me aware i remember when i first have pop of the volume for me it was super like uh, a revelation you know like uh, okay you know like really started to become conscious of what i like about music and in, in in the end also what i what i was looking for when i started to go to clubs more 
I've been always into the deep stuff, never really like the, the more kind of happy, open tracks have never been the, the ones that I would engage with. So can you remember a time where as a young person or when you first started going out to clubs uh, where there was an event or something that really had this sort of escapist effect on you, uh, where you felt like it kind of worked in the way that it was supposed to? I'm not sure I can actually pinpoint one specific event, but I remember that when I was 14, 15, I started to work in this uh, seaside place near my near my hometown, which at the time had a lot of clubs and uh, also a lot of cheesy clubs. I mean, like more kind of mainstream clubs. I was working in, in, in a very mainstream club, very mainstream one, like mostly like for this tourists yeah, would come camping there like <laughs> so it was more like this kind of fun for youngsters club but I remember when this club would close around four or something then I and some some other friends we would go to this to this other club that was at the time doing a night called House Nation and they would play like the kind of the good stuff from <laughs> the late 80s early 90s which because that was the time roughly and uh, so they would call all these you know us djs um you know playing this kind of deep house i remember that i i i mean that it is a vivid sort of memory for me mm. in the moment where i kind of really defined what i liked about music what kind of sucked me into electronic music do you hope that people are coming out to your gigs or when we used to have gigs do you hope that people are coming out to your gigs and feeling that same way that you felt when you were younger like feeling like you understood what you liked and what you wanted to seek out with music yes i think so i mean i sense that there is this sort of uh, how can i say common feeling about this common approach and I feel I'm I I know I mean my the, 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 the my followers I mean the people that, that come to, to hear me playing definitely expect that sort of thing the way they somehow categorize me is in this realm of sort of uh, deep yeah that's interesting actually I hadn't thought of that but I think it's really true especially yeah. for a lot of techno artists in your similar kind of sound and style uh, I think people do expect that of you yeah I mean I feel like uh, I mean in a way I don't I don't feel like um, I fit too much into this category of hypnotic techno this sort of Italian sound too much because I've I feel I'm a bit more eclectic in a way mm -hmm. but still I think like uh, somehow um, I get associated to drums mm -hmm. and uh, sort of you know like percussive deep stuff so are you doing anything special in terms of constructing your set to kind of give people this deep feeling or this escapist feeling or this uh you know moment where they can lose themselves like is that something that is conscious on your part well i think it's something that just comes natural you know because ultimately the records that i buy in a way fit with a certain in a, in, a, in a flexible way let's say mm, that said like as i said before i'm not really the one who actually plays this kind of sort of uh, monolithic set of one-dimensional sound so in my sets you can really i i i i really tend to also to emphasize this part of um mm, changing scenarios 
very often. What I'm trying to do is to change scenarios and to kind of surprise people, but still remaining in this sort of realm of deeper uh, hypnotic stuff. Mm -hmm. So, but for my, I mean, for example, so my, the BPM I play usually like if I get to play three hours, can I start from 125, I can finish at 150, you know? Mm. So for me, sets are always a progression and also have like moments and have like chapters. Sure. Also, yeah, I guess it also depends on whether or not you're playing for an hour and a half or if you're playing for six hours. Totally, say. totally. Yeah. It's very difficult that I get booked to play for one <laughs> yeah. hour and a half, you know, because usually it's, it's always at least three hours. Yeah. So I know that obviously, as you just mentioned, you're a fan of playing sets that are a bit more sort of experimental, maybe not in so many words, but uh, in a bit more left field or just saying saying something different with your music, yeah. uh, which has always been a motivation for you, I think, since your earliest days. Can you talk a bit about that motivation for you? Yeah, I mean, like, again, I buy a lot of different music. My research really kind of ranges from jazz to ambient to techno to house to drone, minimalism, no music, modern classical, you know. So I can play very different different types of set. And like, uh, I play, I can, I played Bergen and play panorama too and mm. of course it's a very different approach but both both way i mean in both in both situations i try to be myself and uh, i i somehow do that sort of thing although of course like i play acid house tracks or, or i can play really deep kind of uh, minimalistic sort of techno but you know that doesn't change i mean in the end like the whole together somehow get perceived like a certain type of set so as a dj when you're playing out and people are experiencing this sort of journey with your music is that also how you are feeling as you're playing like for example during your closing set at terraforma i guess it was several years ago now um i know that we me and my boyfriend at the time were really like super entranced and super lost in your set but i wonder <laughs> like if, is that the same for you or is it like work time <laughs> interesting question like uh that set is such a landmark for people that is into what i play it's a favorite it's for sure. i mean <laughs> it's uh, there is there are two parts you know like i, I do prepare my sets and uh the 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 preparation is very important like uh, but in a way then also it's good it, it, you, i prepare to then when i play afford to go free mm, mm -hmm. you know and which is in a way it's like uh, it might sound as something that is a bit contradicting but actually it's not because when you prepare and when you know which records goes well with which in a way, you have a safe solution that somehow like uh, put you psychologically in a position to feel comfortable. When when we talk about a set, any set, there is always a part where you have to plan 
and then there's always a part when you have to let go you know somehow like it depends the part where you where you let go it depends on on many factors you know because um, you know this music is 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 not is 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 about energy is about the vibe and like uh, there's not dj sets that are good on their own it's always this sort of alchemy between the dj the environment and the crowd the sound system i some i sometimes played set that i thought they were great but actually you know i mean the people was just okay you know like with it other sets where i thought i play pretty average and the people was like raving about it yeah it's never really like a one way to look at it great dj sets are something that come out of, of many factors that's true i mean i i do wonder for people that weren't at terraforma when they listen to the set which is now on soundcloud i wonder if it is as special for them as it is for me who was actually there in the moment you know I mean, those those two sets that played at Terraforma are definitely uh, the ones that I, that gets played the most mm-hmm. on my on my sets. Mm. So, <laughs> but maybe it can also be you know because people like it's it's also like a domino effect, you know, a chain sure. reaction. Like people, that's true. Uh, people that they really felt those sets because they were mm. there. Maybe also they spread mm-hmm. the love somehow yeah. and in a way everything kind of spreads out mm. like, like a pandemic yeah <laughs> <laughs> so do those moments of escape or i guess journey as we've been calling it whether as a dancer slash listener or as the dj do those moments play an important role for you creatively like do they feed your soul in some way that makes it better for you when you go back into the studio and then you're creating something uh like is it important for you to have those those moments as a producer Oh, of course. I mean, it was not only important. I think it was crucial. To be honest, now I don't really go out so much as I used to. But between my teens and my mid-thirties, like, I, it's, I've listened to a lot of DJ sets. And it definitely made me become very much aware of what kind of music I wanted to make and mm-hmm. what kind of music I wanted to play and like what kind of experience I wanted to provide for the people. And in a way, it's it's like obviously, I think every this this kind of applies for every DJ. I mean, you kind of want to do the DJ set that you've always wanted to dance to. So does that mean that since the pandemic and clubs being closed, you've felt like your creativity has maybe suffered a little bit as a result of not being able to go out and experience music in that way? No, I don't think so. I mean, I wasn't really going out that much even when I was before the pandemic, but I was playing. So that was pretty much my going out. Actually, the pandemic made me sort of question like many things about this music and like how, I mean, in a way, it kind of made me think of the fact that this music actually needs to be uh, needs to be valued also, not not just because there are clubs, you know, somehow this kind of forced privation of clubbing made me really think about that there is something that is not quite right about the fact that clubs are so um, i mean your music is good also if it doesn't if it doesn't get sure. played in a club sure. you know? we need to start to think about this yeah I and I, I agree and i think that it's been really nice to see 
artists being supported, like their records being bought, even though there's nowhere to play them other than in your house, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I have to say that I've been drifting a bit away from also a little bit from music that is made to make people dance, you know, so definitely the pandemic. I mean, this was that was 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 there also before before so, but but before but like definitely in the in the pandemic it made me really think actually yeah I mean who cares about clubs you know like I mean so what if there are no clubs I cannot make electronic music anymore I think the industry really needs to to reflect on this seriously you know like especially certain clubs are so like they have this sort of reverential <laughs> respect from the the scene and the artist is like uh, actually it doesn't matter you don't need to be associated to certain clubs or to it's not the clubs where you're playing like determining if you're good or not sure so that's something i've been thinking about a lot so it's been maybe a, like a, a nice respite or like a bit of a relief to not be having to deal with this sort of politics around making music for clubs and also playing at clubs it de it definitely kind of contributed in me caring a bit less about this craving to play there here mm -hmm. there definitely brought me to a place where it's like actually you know what i mean it's like i don't want to be this I don't want to be this 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 big room techno guy, you know. Actually, I would like work more on my intellectual approach, other than that is such a format that is a, a very limiting in a way, mm. you know. Like although there are a very few DJs that really manage to to make this sublimate somehow into mm. something that is really innovative and really really super interesting. But I mean, in a way, it kind of made me actually. I mean. You have the skill to make this sort of music, but you know, like it's not, I mean, who cares about just so it really kind of mm, contributed, helped me this, this moment, which is, by the way, I'm not like saying, oh, thank God we had the pandemic. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a massive pain in the ass and uh, scary as well and worrying but in a way definitely it's like uh, it made me kind of mm, more detached from what uh, are the kind of mm, politics involved in 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 this industry you know i think that's really also a good thing like do you how, do you feel like this is a like a good step for you uh yeah definitely yes yes i mean it's definitely it's definitely a liberating point of view yeah. in in many respects and i and i truly hope somehow that if something comes out comes out of it is also like uh, this kind of more uh, br this kind of broader way to look at electronic music which is not always with the usual suspects being there as like these massive landmarks that you cannot somehow uh, uh, get away from you mm -hmm. So what about the lack of travel? Is that something that's affecting you maybe negatively? Like I, Maybe it's a relief that we are not clubbing anymore but I guess for you travel is something that's always been really important and you've lived in a, a fair few different places over over your lifetime um so yeah it, do you feel like staying in one place has been having an influence on you stuck in your stuck in your apartment mm, definitely the 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 lack of traveling 
I mean, the impossibility of traveling is something that affected me more than than not being able to go to clubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like way more. Yeah. And that's a that's a downside of this pandemic that I I suffer quite a lot from. I mean, because one of the the things that I like the most about my job uh, is in fact being able to travel, you know. And for me it's never been like uh, mm, anno- uh, annoying or somehow unpleasant to have to travel even more so when I have to go to other continents and stuff. This is something that creatively also affected me, I think, more than anything else. In what ways really, like, um, maybe you can talk a bit about how your sound has changed, if you feel that it has, like you mentioned that you are not really thinking about making music for clubs anymore. So what are you thinking about? Mm, well, it's not that I'm not thinking of making music for clubs anymore, but it's not really, for me, it's not so relevant that it has to fit in a club or it has to... It's not the priority. To cover that function. Mm-hmm. I tend more to start to start jamming and, you know, like as soon as I get, when I get to somewhere that I like, I just go for it i mean not thinking about oh actually this is this bpm is too slow or actually this groove you know it's not i mean maybe i don't even need a groove actually you know, <laughs> sometimes it's like i mean it's not that this approach was not there before but again as i said definitely in this in the current situation i also find it difficult in a way to when i buy records uh to buy like floor oriented stuff. I'm struggling a lot at the moment mm. to buy techno records because mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, this is not really like, uh, I can I can sense a little bit that it's stagnating, you know, like that there is not really something that I personally find. I mean, there are good records, but it is not, nothing has changed in the last two, three years, especially in the techno scene. So going back to your production process you've spoken a bit about what your process is like now but maybe we can just go back a bit and talk about what your process was like before the pandemic like did you have some kind of tried and tested method that you would always use whenever you would go into the studio or was it a bit more free it's always been quite free to be honest like in fact I got even asked a couple of times oh can you do some tutorials on how to on how you make music and you know, and especially this year, there's been a lot of this kind of uh, online workshops. Uh, and actually, I, I've been asking myself, well, can, can you do that? I mean, I don't know, because for me, it's not really that I have like uh, um, a fixed method, you know, like, and uh, I'm not I'm not sure I would be able to teach other people how I do it, because for me, it's always like... Uh, um, it's not that I start from some elements other than others, or sometimes it can be like a, a percussive uh, reef or sometimes it can be like, uh, I don't know, just a drone. Sometimes, I don't know, a field recording. And, uh, and then I kind of start to build around the sound with other elements around it. And then it kind of comes together. I mean, like, but there's not. Uh, really like a fixed process that I somehow that works I mean I can say I don't know recently I've been playing drums this hand drum and I try to to include that 
Uh, and I'm and I'm using that a lot in my production at the moment. Are you the type of person that, that only goes into the studio when you have an idea, or do you just sometimes go in and sit down and see what happens? No, I never have this kind of sort of this sort of premeditation. If I start fiddling around with machines, or if I sit down. Uh, at some stage, something happens. It's very rare that I kind of started from an idea. The only times I think what that happened is with tracks where I used vocals. Well, actually, quite big tracks for me because in terms of like success, let's say. But then, of course, then you kind of um, whether that was like sing like a bird or uh, the Vox attitude or the moon chant is like. Uh, Mm, then of course you start from the voice and you you lay down the voice that's what i did at least you kind of lay down the vocals and then every, every, everything goes behind No, it's the start and, uh, you know, maybe I've got an idea to patch some, to, to do this particular patch on my modular or, or maybe I can start playing some keys and somehow build something. It, it can be anything, you know, like, uh, or sometimes it's just a field recording. Again, one of the, also, I mean, when I travel, I record stuff and which I chucking in my tracks quite often so you know it can be a field recording I made or some jam with my modular or I definitely never start from drum machines mm -hmm. that <laughs> is is definitely what I can say in almost I mean it never happens so what hardware or software has been really essential for this sort of free method that you're working with like does it help your experimentation to work with the modular because that's very tactile or maybe it helps to work with software because you're a very visual person or something? Well, the modular is definitely a, an important part of, of the process. I wouldn't say like it's this kind of one way mm, element of, of, uh, of my studio because I like to have to have different to have different, um, to use different machines, I deliberately do not do not want to to have this sort of uh, uh, dominant element of my production. So definitely, the modular is something that allows you to to start something and not knowing where um, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna lead to. You know, the nice part of it is that you kind of think of a patch in terms of not in terms of sound, but in terms of like this. Uh, diagram and then you think that from there something interesting can come out but you don't know <laughs> what mm -hmm. quite often that for me it is a good way to start uh, lately I've been finding sound record uh, field recording is also a very very interesting very interesting way to to start a track because then you kind of process them you put a delay a reverb or somehow you kind of put them through some effects and they become something else and uh, they they sort of create a movie also 
behind the sounds that you put on top of them you know so they have a mood already for you to to work on you know uh software to be honest i don't use that much apart from i mean i, I work on ableton like uh, 95 percent of the people out there i suppose but like uh, i i don't really use that much plugins mm -hmm. so, so for me it's just like a sequencing software to to record right to record my my machines my instruments and in terms of field recordings are you doing much new field recording these days or, or is it more digging back into old things like i guess what are you really going to record in berlin <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like uh, as you said that's also one of the reasons why i miss traveling because um when i would travel i would do field i would do a lot of field recordings the same goes with photographs i like to take analog photos and i'm not motivated to do that so much in the place not in berlin in particular i mean but more like in the place where i live i don't somehow find find inspiration to do either for the recordings or photographs. But I've, I've done quite a bit, so I'm still kind of uh, living on stock. <laughs> if you're enjoying AIR and you'd like to hear more stories like these ones, check out Bear Radio. Berlin's English-speaking podcast network. AIR is proudly produced in partnership with Bear Radio, which is also home to loads of other great podcasts. One that I'm really excited about is called Beyond Asian, where host Sen explores the stories of global nomads with Asian roots brought up in diverse cultures. Another podcast I'd like to share is a Berlin classic, Radio Spätkauf, an English-language news show that keeps international residents informed about politics, culture, urban development, and everything else you need to know about Berlin. There are currently 24 podcasts and hundreds of episodes available for you, so head over to bearradio.org to listen. I don't know, like for me, for example, this period in the pandemic has been quite fruitful creatively, but at the same time, I find it very hard to actually force myself to sit down and do work. And I wonder how that's been for you. Is it now, is the boundary between like music being work and music being fun, is that sort of blurring these days? Mm, well, I've been through phases, mm. you know, I think we we've all, we all have in this in this uh, in this pandemic because you know like of course when it happened last march everyone thought it was sort of okay three months and then we're gonna yeah, get back yeah, to normal yeah. you know like so you kind of work in this 
mind frame of like okay this is, a, this is how i'm gonna organize myself mm. to that be ready to kick off when <laughs> things go back to normal again oh god we were so naive back then <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember those people oh they said they're gonna open club in <laughs> september but no way in september 2020 no come on it's gonna be way way shorter than that anyway uh, uh so i've been to some sort of up and downs you know like uh, windows of time uh, when I've been very productive, other ones where I've been extremely lazy and extremely unmotivated to kind of sit down, switch on my machines and start jamming, you know. I also realized that in these times, actually to sit down and uh, start making some music is, a, is, a, is an extremely effective and powerful treatment for this sort of uh, depressive apathy that all of us have been going through. Uh, music somehow, making music um, for me has worked as, a, as an antidepressant, mm-hmm. like, uh, like in a way that when I do something that I'm happy with, is I'm always amazed on how much that manages to affect my mood Mm. you know yeah it's interesting I mean I was going to ask you if going into the studio and making music is this sort of escape for you that we were talking about earlier because for me writing is really not an escape interviews maybe um but writing is definitely definitely feels more like work for me and I think Mm -hmm. for a few people that I've spoken to they're feeling more like their creative output isn't so much escape anymore because it's become sort of a, a job i guess if you will but i it's nice to hear that for you it's not like that well actually somehow as i said before i think the pandemic mm, made me not think so much as music as a job you know like because obviously when when the focus was playing gigs around in your head also when producing you had this kind of, this sort of scheme you know where you also had to make that kind of music and I think like it freed the process a little bit. And in a way, it also made me push other skills in my, in my, in my, in my production process, mm-hmm. in a way, like or push other approaches. I think, uh, you know, like tr- trying to find other, other ways or other destination for, for your music. And I mean, for me, it's not really like, I don't, I don't, I just don't think about it. I mean, of course it's a job. For, of course, it is a, it is it is my job, but I don't let that that perspective affect what I make. I never I never make music thinking of what's gonna bring me, right? In terms of in terms of career, right? But I guess it's also like in 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 this time that we're living in now. There's maybe a bit more time. <laughs> to work on things, you know, you don't have, you're not like balancing going on three gigs per weekend and then you only have, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday to really work on things. And yeah. now it's just a bit more, I don't know, a bit more relaxed maybe. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you really realize how, I mean, how gigging around actually is so energy and time absorbing, you know, like, uh, but not only, on, not only when making music, I mean, everything, like if you want to, also, if you're not to sports, for example, if you if you if you if you play out in the weekend, it's never just one day that that is gone. Because for me, for example, even if I play one day 
even if I play on a Saturday, let's let's say, okay, Friday I have to prepare the game, mm-hmm. so that day is gone. I mean, then Saturday, I go to play, so I fly out, play, go to bed at whatever time in the morning, and the day after I have to fly back. And, and then you're tired. <laughs> uh, and obviously, you fly back means that you come home mostly like an, an, in the evening and night. And obviously, so also the Sunday is gone. And then the day after, to be honest, yeah, of course you can do something, but you are tired, you know? So even if you have one gig, uh, pretty much it's three days and a half that are gone mm-hmm. from any other sort of activity that you would like to do. So um, whether that's making music or your free time, hobbies, sports, whatever. So of course, like it's um, it's great to have all this time to 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 to, to make music. Also because your body is in a way is more rested, <laughs> like uh, yeah, fully rested fully now. Rested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I'm curious what you're listening to these days to get this same sort of escapist feeling that maybe you have. Uh, when you're playing or when you're out at a, at a club or whatever else. Like, I think it's quite funny that people are putting out like techno mixes right now, which like, where am I going to listen mm. to that? What are you listening to that is kind of giving you that same relief or respite that maybe going into the studio also accomplishes? Um, so I've been listening to a lot of, um, I mean, all sorts, to be honest, like from... Mm, free jazz to drone to uh, I mean I mentioned before this record that I really like by Tomok Sauvage and I don't know like uh, I've, I've bought recently this Mount Fujidum Corporation mm-hmm. album which is this kind of super droney jazzy free jam album that I absolutely love I've always I'm always into anything percussive or that involves hand drums or drums or I guess I'm asking because I'm I I feel like for me personally right now and lately it's very difficult for me to like totally be fully engaged with anything that I'm listening to like it really doesn't matter what it is I'm always like there's I'm not able to like turn off my brain as much as I used to be able to uh, I guess because of the pandemic and just being in lockdown so are you finding it difficult to to engage with music in the same way that you used to? I'm finding it difficult to, uh, I'm, I'm finding it uh, easier and somehow also ter- therapeutic, like to listen to certain type of music. I'm definitely finding it more difficult to engage with dance music. But for me, like to, I don't know, to turn off the lights at night and just put uh, like uh, um, light candles and to listen to a nice records um, a nice record on my couch is exactly that type of escapism that i i was talking to you before i mean like i have that 40 minutes or whatever one hour when i kind of switch off mm. and i i use the music to somehow I guess it's a sort of unaware meditation. Is that something you were always doing or is it just starting? No, it's something that I've always been doing, but I mean, I think I've been doing it more this, this, this year. Maybe it's a bit more necessary now. 
uh, it's a matter of time it's a matter of like uh, that the focus on other type of music maybe is not as time absorbing as it is when things are in full effect you know like i think it's many reasons really yeah so when we talked before this interview you said that you wanted to touch on how the situation has impacted your goals and your visions for your own music. Well, definitely it made me, as I said before, think about a lot of things like in terms of uh, not only in terms of uh, uh, strictly, not not only in strictly musical terms, artistic mm-hmm. terms, but also, for example, I think it made me somehow realize that this system and this industry doesn't protected really the interest of the artist you know there are djs that have twenty thousand euros fees that plays music from other from people that don't get a penny for the track that they made it's not only in terms of musical respects that i'm looking at it but i think also this industry really needs to 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 understand and like also to start like to compensate people like that actually make music you know like we should start i think like it's i would really like there to be more uh attention to this to the fact that people that make music should be paid Mm -hmm. for the music they make Mm -hmm. and you know like uh, we are in a in an industry that is run by a star system like uh, and the p and these people that create a character around their persona those are the people that get all the money you know and i don't don't think it's fair there is not even a union for music for musicians in a way for, for 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 producers the kind of money that we get from a streaming platform is peanuts yeah in ethical terms it really made me think a lot about how this industry mm, which is an underground industry like a a wannabe underground industry actually doesn't really reward a lot of people that really deserve deserves to be rewarded how do you hope that that will change like what do you think is the first step in fixing that i mean there should be i think some sort of association I believe there should be some sort of union. I would really like to see some people getting together and say, okay, look, now we're going to create not not a copyright institution like GEMA or whatever, but more like, uh, I don't know, uh, an institution really like a, a sort of union for music producers, for artists, for musicians. I mean, I would say in, particularly in electronic scene, in the electronic music scene, because it's got some specific sort of... Uh, system it's run through and i mean i i want to also say i'm i'm one of those of the lucky ones that get good i mean okay fees when i play mm-hmm. not twenty thousand, <laughs> <laughs> way 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 less but i realized that i play a lot of music from people that doesn't get any any money for it from when i played also for a thousand people so if if they if they told me look i mean from now on we take 10 percent of your fee and we redistribute it to all the people whose music you've played on this set i would think it would i, I would be very up for it 10 15 20 percent whatever that is it, it, it doesn't even seem to be an issue you know for me it's it's so unethical that only the dj gets 
paid yeah and not all the people that are involved in the music that gets played you mm -hmm. know it's very easy in clubs to to get like ideas of tracks i mean because every almost everyone not me play from cdjs <laughs> so that's actually written on there there is software that could actually record the, the, the like like shazam like they recognize tracks very easily so if we really wanted to we really want we could actually have track lists uh from a night for at least 90 percent of what mm -hmm. gets played mm. so i wonder why does this not get done have everything to to understand what's get what gets played i guess it's a matter of like people actually wanting to do that you know what i mean I, yeah. like i think there's still that sort of culture around keeping things a bit secret and mysterious um but i think something positive that has come from the from the pandemic is um people using bandcamp more uh and supporting artists like a bit more directly than with something like spotify <coughs> um so i think that's been at least a small a small crumb of hope maybe Bandcamp for sure is a platform that has opened as a bit as has been a bit of an eye opener on on this issue, but there is much more to be done. To be done, sure, for sure. And so, in terms of yourself, like what small changes are you making in order to foster that kind of change? Like a, an example would maybe be like publishing your track list after a set or something like that. Well, I mean, um, there's no sets at the moment, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I would be very much up to support any sort of initiative that would uh, somehow start this sort of process. I wouldn't be, I mean, I can't, I wouldn't want to start something on my own because I'm, I'm really not, I, I, I'm managing is, mm -hmm. is something that I don't, I don't want to be part of, of my life at the moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to make music and sure. be creative. But if, uh, if anything came up with an idea, I mean, I would be very happy to support it. Mm -hmm. and like, uh, I think it's, it's, uh, it would be good if at least the communities in electronic music started to uh, look at this issue uh, more seriously because i think when clubs were open and we had this kind of sort of uh, la la land of you know clubs and raves and stuff you wouldn't focus on this thing now we suddenly find ourselves deprived of this and you kind of realize uh, look i mean yeah, I mean, it's not even fair that that was the only, if that is was really the, the only asset, the only the only resources where this music were actually living off, then there was something very wrong structurally. I definitely think of my music now more in terms of not just uh, clubs, but like uh, I would I, well, I I'm I'm trying to make also music that could potentially be featured in other environment whether mm -hmm. that is film or you know bring it to other places the club is just one of them mm -hmm. and before i think it was just the only one right you know? there's an interview of yours from 2013 where the interviewer asks where music began for you and you answered that there have been different stages so i'm wondering how would you describe this particular stage in your musical life good question um i think it's a stage of transformation very much more than other stages i think it's a it's a it's a, it's a stage where i'm trying also to uh, 
include more acoustic elements in the music I make. Are you happy with the sort of fruits of your labor in this particular stage that you've been in? And where do you see this stage evolving to in the near future? <sighs> and also, this is a, not an easy question to answer because I kind of try to go to go with the flow, you know, mm -hmm. of what I'm doing. And, it's also uh, hard to plan right now, I guess. <laughs> it's a bit like the same way I approach music. I never really have a plan before, you know. I kind of do it and then for me, music is always something I find other than something that I look for, you know. So uh, I think my approach to music in terms of career is also a little bit, uh, a, bit a little bit like that, you know, like you just do something you start jamming with machines and then suddenly something nice happens and say, so, okay, that's nice, you know, and like, let's put this in, you know. So I kind of have this, um, I think this kind of somehow happens a little bit uh, for me in terms of uh, planning, planning for the future. Of course, I'm also very much looking forward to, to play again because I miss it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We will see, but also I, I don't know what I'm going to play when it will be okay to play again, you know, like I, I also feel maybe I'm not going to be the same DJ, you know, it, it will be interesting, you know, because I've been also buying this, this music, a lot of music, I'm still buying a lot of records and like, uh, I play sometimes because I do some radio sometimes and stuff, but like, it's a different approach, you know, uh, when I will be at this stage where I will be playing out again, I don't know what I will, I will be doing. That's going to be interesting to find out when I'm going to put my set together for a crowd, mm -hmm. what's, what's going to be like, you know. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm detaching a, bit, a little bit from, from what I was doing before, but uh, I haven't yet realized or I don't have it clear yet what's going to be like. I think that kind of applies a little bit with my music. Somehow the projects that are going to be released uh, this year I think they will also I'm 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 very curious to see how they're going to be received because a lot of stuff that is coming out is more free sort of uh, less categorized than before. I think that's this kind of applies to other angles of myself as a career as a musician as an artist as a person as everything. been listening to Marco Shuttle for the 32nd episode of AIR. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at at underscore AIR podcast. I'm also happy to announce that AIR is now on Patreon. So if you like the series, head over to patreon.com slash AIR podcast to find out how you can support what we're doing. On that note, I'd like to thank my new Patreon contributors, Dan Elwood, Caroline Meloche, Aaron Fowler, and Will Lynch. Thank you so much for your support. 
We'll be back on the last Wednesday of every month, so check back in April for another episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.